This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, It's the pizza trophy, but there was only cold mozzarella sticks and wrinkly wedges left to be had. And no Rich Pullen here on the pod, although he was there in person reporting live. A little bit of a change of plan because, well, we would have had to wait about an hour for him to come home on public transport. And I don't think that tonight was really a time that I'd wait till 10 o'clock to talk about Swindon and then wait for it all to be edited up. So, here from post Mem, here is Rich's thoughts. Good evening from Gloucester Road as I walk back to the city centre, having watched Bristol Rovers 3. Swindon Town nil. Some life choices I regret this evening. But top of the list isn't the £15 to watch this game. I'd say wearing a big coat on what is quite a lovely mild evening is the biggest regret I have. So firstly, fair play to the 200-plus Swindon fans who took the nothingness of this game in the true spirit of 
how it should have been taken, which was by not giving it much thought. Some tremendous gallows humour, some not so good. You know, you, you shout your, your joke and you hope for your laugh. Some, some landed, some didn't. One of those things. One of those things. So, I would love to give you Dan levels of analysis for this, but it simply was impossible due to the neon lit advertising on one side of the ground, which made it impossible to really watch properly. That's where most of the action went down, so it was a great shame. And if it wasn't the neon lights that was distracting, the bright red card of the referee made it even more so. But I couldn't tell you whether it was the right decision or not, because you can't really get a good view under the old marquee. But I thought we gave it a good go. Right up until Aguilar sending off, I thought we were coping well. I thought we started okay, and I thought we were coping well enough with 10 men. It was just when we went down to nine, and then Crystal Rovers strengthened in the second, which was a shame because it meant clearly that Lindsay couldn't bring on a couple of the kids because then it would have been five. 6-0. They had enough shots on target in the second half or just off target for it to have been realistically a, a thorough, thorough tonking. My heart goes out to Joey Barton because I was talking to the great Vic Morgan at halftime and he was telling me that Barton is quite outspoken about his disdain for this competition. He's right sometimes. So for him to progress must be a real sickener for him. So my thoughts are with him at this very, very tough time. And as I leave you for the far better discussion that you'll no doubt be treated to with JR and Dan, I just wanted to make everyone absolutely clear with this reminder that I got the final score prediction absolutely spot on. You're still thinking about the bad news, aren't you? Oh well. I see Hartlepool got stuffed 6-0 at home to Everton under-21s today, so let's have some of that on Saturday. Come on, you Reds. Thank you very much there to the main man, the man on the ground. Well, I'm not here just to talk to myself. I do have a heavy hitter, a very enthusiastic contributor, someone who we haven't heard from for a few games, please welcome back. It's Dan Hunt, ladies and gents. Oh my God, JR! Sorry, I've always <laughs> wanted to do that. I, I was a big wrestling fan in my teens. Um, hello, Joe. How are you, sir? I'm very well. If I'm JR, then that means you can be the king for tonight. The king Jerry go. Lawler himself. Yes, let's call this match. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. And um, yeah, you've been... You've been off for a, a few pods. You've been, much like Rich, you've been enjoying the padded seat experience this weekend, haven't you? Yes. Um, in the Northern Premier League, uh, me and 18 of us on a stag do up in Liverpool went to take in AFC Marine versus Whitby Town, a game that 
Marine won two nil, and the hospitality was first class. And the thirty-four-year-old mascot um, acted with with distinction. Sadly, no crossbars were hit during the halftime uh, crossbar challenge. But no, really good day out. Um, impressive crowd too, nearly thirteen hundred in, and um, yeah, looked after in a first-class way. They've spent that Tottenham money well. They bought themselves a new 3G pitch. They've built themselves a new sort of clubhouse and suite. And, and yeah, so that FA Cup run has made a huge difference to a club like that. A good reminder ahead of uh, the FA Cup in November. Yeah, absolutely. And well, yeah, if you can invest the money in that way, and it seems like there's been a bit of a bounce in crowds as well, so that's great. Yeah. I've always looked, though, when I saw that tie last year and seeing some of your photos on Twitter as well, just think, wouldn't it be great to have like a terraced house where you could just watch football out of your back bedroom window? That'd be amazing, <laughs> wouldn't it? Well, yeah, on both sides, um, terraced houses and obviously like mesh netting to try and stop the balls going in the gardens. And what I liked was the um, along the mesh netting, it had house numbers of each garden as if to help the people go and knock and get the ball back, which um, I thought was a lovely non-league touch. That's good. It's a shame we won't be enjoying that. Uh, well, not in round one of the FA Cup. Anyway, maybe we'll get maybe we'll get an exciting tie in <coughs> round two. It'll be all League Two affair. Anyway, um, just catching up on all those sorts of things before we move on because hot uh, pertinent topic. Anything you want to add to the old um, uh, over sixteens only chat before we get into this? Um, well, not too much more than what's already been said by a lot of parties. Um, I think. The hastiness with which the communication was probably disseminated, um, coupled with um, you know that sort of lack of thought and communication, maybe with some of the the fans groups, <clears throat> um, hasn't helped at all. Um, I started watching football on my own when I was twelve, going with my secondary schoolmates. We used to meet up in Stratton, and a big load of us would walk all the way up Shrivenham Road with our bottles of Dr Pepper and a Mars bar, £4 a ticket to get in the uh, crazy corner in uh, what's now the Don Rogers stand. And we'd generally watch uh, Alan Reeves and Matt Hayward and, um, you know, some other not-so-quite-brilliant Sunderland players. But it was all about all about the day out. And uh, it was worth it at the end of that season when Danny Invincible lashed one home against Peterborough and the, uh, and the roof came off. But... Uh, it seems an awful, awful shame to um, disenfranchise your future supporters when, you know, it's not always about families getting into football. It's quite often about friends or friends and, you know, come along, come see it. And, yeah, for kids, like half the time, you're not particularly watching the match. You're just titting around with your friends, which is one of the beautiful things to do when you're uh, 12 or 13. So. I hope there can be some sort of reconciliation, some sort of sense, some middle ground that can be found, maybe get that age down to, what be fair, Joe? You think 13 or 14, perhaps, might be a happy middle ground? I think around that. I think there must be some some kind of compromise to be having. Just something that, I know in a petty way, I want to keep, uh, keep alive a bit while it's pertinent. And, you know, Today's kids who are going at 12, 13, 14, 
might be tomorrow's, uh, you know, sad dad 30-somethings who will watch pizza trophy games and talk about them. Well, you've got two on this pod, so uh, hooray. <laughs> <laughs> and one tragic home as well. So let's yes. dig into it's the last game of the Papa John's for this. It was going to be a dead rubber for Swindon. Anyway, we were not going to get anything out of this. Rovers had a chance to go through uh, and have because it finished 3-0 to Bristol Rovers. I think a lot of us expected that there'd be a bit of a shake-up lineup-wise. I know there's restrictions that you know, some clubs adhere to or maybe try and take the EFL on a bit with. Um, but starting lineup, so you had uh, Bryn keeping his place to goal, returned for Marcel Lavinia, Kieran Brennan, who featured um, as a substitute on Saturday, Kian Harries, who we haven't seen for months and months and months, Ellis Iandolo, who deputised um, on the right side, Louis Reed, man of the moment, uh, Ronan Darcy, Ricky Aguiar, who came on and pressed on Saturday as well, Tyree Shade. Morgan Roberts, who's coming from Banbury and returning from alone, we had Harry Parsons. On the bench, the sub, the almost similarly named Bran, Oscar Massey, Tommy Adeloy, uh, Harrison Minton, George Cowmeadow, Harvey Fox, and what's, what's Key's first name? Uh, Josh. Young centre midfielder, I think. Yes, that's it. That's it. You, you now, you're somebody who you know keeps quite an eye on the development sides and the academy sides here. Um, any surprising omissions or people that you were expecting to see make a appearance? Um, well, the obvious one is Antoine Dwarzak, who seems to be probably the most advanced of the the young pack. Uh, I hear from someone else today; he is actually injured. So that might explain why he wasn't in the in the eighteen. But um, yeah, I mean Harvey Fox seems to be fairly highly rated as well. Sort of um, left wing back, come left winger. Um, he's made a few appearances so far in the uh, Papa John's Trophy for Swindon. Um, I always like a young forward, so it's a bit of a shame not to see Abu Kanu or um, Tom Wynn Davis uh, perhaps sneaking onto the bench, but. As you saw with the the strength of the side, um, there wasn't that much room for um, for the YTS boys today. No, uh, it was uh, it was it was sparse uh, in those regards. I kind of hinted on uh, what was it Sunday's pod? We talked about the Colchester game, and I thought we'd I'd like to get your thoughts on this sort of thing anyway of of how the how the loans have kind of turned out this year because I've found those those quick loans that have gone out to, say, Banbury and Gloucester and Hereford, uh, Hereford, Hungerford, I should say, and the like. It's been it's been disappointing to see that our players haven't really featured as much as, as, much as I'd like. I hope they'd all have been squad mainstays, and I guess I'm, I'm comparing the experience last year to the Chippenham loans, where it seemed if you're out to Chippenham, you're almost guaranteed to get in the squad. And... Um, just wondering whether we really got the full benefit out of that last spell. Yeah, it's been a bit of a curious um, start to the autumn on the on the loan front. I agree with you. Uh, I think the only one that's still out and about is Mohamed Dabre, isn't it, at Banbury? Um, and I'm not entirely sure he's played that much whilst he's been at Banbury. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think the club have particularly helped by... 
choosing to cup tie the players because it has been um, a fairly busy month of FA Cup qualifying round football in the last four, six weeks. Uh, I know Minton didn't look like he got the nod to play for, for Gloucester City. Um, I think Calmado might have been the only one that was allowed to play. But yeah, that that's probably held them back a, a touch. Um, to what you're saying about Chippenham last year, I get the sense maybe um, that was more of a sort of prosperous relationship. Maybe um, Chippenham had slightly more onus to play the players that we sent them. Perhaps the loans this time round, where they are more spread out, perhaps these are more of a you know, more of a traditional loan uh, where there aren't uh, you know caveats uh, we're sending these players out where you know they have to play or you know we're expecting them to play 70 minutes every week um so yeah, it's been a bit of an in and out affair i see calmado was used mainly off the bench i think minton when he was available to play um who else is in the mix oh parsons yeah a bit bit in and out of banbury but he did notch a couple of goals and he also played in a sort of development friendly on a Saturday, which is a bit curious, and got a couple of goals in that too. So, yeah, two two competitive goals and, and two in a friendly for Parsons at Banbury. So he, he didn't do terribly. Um, but, yeah, it kind of raises the question, where next? Um, so if they haven't uh, torn it up at that sort of uh, sixth tier level, then it, it feels unlikely for a player to make the jump to, to fifth tier level next. So, yeah, a bit to run on that one, Joe. I, I, I don't know what the, the next step's likely to be on that. I guess just something to think about, because if I think about last year's um, Papa John's campaign, that felt a bit like a springboard for a lot of these guys before yeah. they went out on loan and a good utility to actually get people uh, seen and get people minutes, but not quite sure that we've managed to keep people as you know as as fit or as match ready as we'd we'd have liked. Bristol Rovers, they similarly had a um a mixed bag their squad. They had Jacola, Hull, Kilgore, Thomas, Clark, Westbrook, Lawrence, McCormick, Jasper, Coburn and Anderson starting. On the bench was Belshaw, Gordon, Coots, Evans, Finley, Loft, who got the first goal, and Collins. So Bristol Rovers don't need to kind of take this particularly seriously but still seem to put a fairly competitive side out yeah so um i had the pleasures of uh listening to ed hadwin the former swindon commentator um on the stream that i was watching tonight um yeah i, I think despite rovers making 10 changes probably similar to the swindon team tonight there was still you know more than enough to keep them interested and keep them competitive uh, and you know, it seemed a bit unfair in the end. You, you, the quality of subs that they were bringing off off the bench. Doug Loft made a big difference, obviously coming on at half time against nine men. Swindon, you know, tiring legs to have that big centre forward come on alongside uh, Coburn, the young lad on loan from Middlesbrough. That was a bit of a, a bit of a difference. Um, yeah, and then the triple sub, just you know, rubbing salt on the wounds. Finley, Collins, and Evans on after. 67 minutes. Um, yeah, Barton was obviously keen to uh, keen to notch a few second half goals. But looking at the the Swindon team, I think my first instinct when I saw the team named was actually, you know, for young Connor Brand, 
you know, reserve goalkeeper. He's come in from Galway. He's been in, in and around the squad now for a couple of months. Now, if he's not going to play this deadest of dead rubbers, you know, he may never play. This might be our next uh, Jakob Jesienkowski, if you remember that chap from the uh, sort of 08 to 10 kind of era. Um, a Polish third goalkeeper who we brought in despite already having Dave Lucas and uh, Phil Smith. Yeah, so I was a bit disappointed for Brian because, frankly, you know, he should have played. Uh, what, what's there to lose tonight? Nothing. Um, so perhaps that tells you how unready the young goalkeeper is. Um, I think next thing to say, obviously, Louis Reed coming back in. Sort of, um, oh, yeah. Slight look of a you know naughty schoolboy. Um, he didn't do terribly. He was always available for the ball. Did quite a lot of nice long di- diagonal passes to the fullbacks who were playing high up. Uh, Lavinier and Andalo. That's probably our two strongest outlets all night. Um, but yeah, by Reedy standards last year, you know, this was a kind of going through the motions. Six and a half out of ten kind of performance. So he's not banging the door down, as it were. Um, at the top end of the pitch, um, Roberts, Shade, Parsons. I think that was the front three I was expecting with Adeloye to come off the bench on his return from injury. But the the most concerning part of the squad for me, and perhaps we can focus on this for a minute or two, Joe, is... Every centre-half who stepped on the pitch for Swindon tonight in different ways showed that we have quite little depth at centre-half despite having a great number of centre-halves. So Kieran Brennan, young loney from Sheffield Wednesday, he's had a, a pretty miserable time of it at Swindon so far. Concussion, losing his place, and then has been limited to sporadic appearances off the bench at the end of games and, you know, the odd Papa John's trivia. A really, really rash, over-the-top tackle for his first booking, which I think, you know, in the context of a dead rubber Papa John's game, what's he doing flying in like that on the left touchline on the halfway line? Uh, I think he was a bit lucky not to get a red for that, given how harshly the ref then deemed Aguirre's sort of late little foot in later on in the match um and yeah i mean and then for a man already on a yellow brennan dragging down um coburn sort of getting the wrong side of him exposing himself that was dozy defending and a, a deserved second yellow so brennan's had a really bad night he has not pushed his case at all um you know that sort of hot-headed streak it is not gonna help you in league league two football where uh you know, there is physicality and, yeah, I, I would be surprised, barring, uh, you know, quite a large injury list, if Brennan starts another league game for town this side of Christmas. Um, anything you'd add on, on Brennan there before I move on to my next centre-back target, Jay? <laughs> I think you've actually quite succinctly just isolated that that first 30 minutes, ideally, because, you know, when it started out, it was like a bit... Fast and frenetic from town. It wasn't necessarily, you know, super reassuring, but it was quite fun to see them, you know, getting the ball quickly and it pinging a bit back and forth. But like you say, a silly challenge from Brennan and then 
what th- less than thirty minutes in, I think you know he's he's getting seeing a red card for a second booking, and what must be nine minutes later, a challenge which well, I guess be disputed about Aguiar, um, and he just gets a straight red for that one. Yeah. Even though it was a dead rubber, I do feel like the way the season has played out and the way that you know squads have set up and seemed quite inflexible to change, especially if we pick up or squeak wins here or there. Although there was not a lot riding on it in terms of Swindon's progression, going into it, I was thinking if it was someone like Kean Harry's, especially coming back to his stomping ground, you know, this is this felt like the last chance saloon in many ways to stake his Kelly. We've got no uh, Angus McDonald for the foreseeable. I'm expecting Bowdry, who, with all respect to him, and I think that this is what he signed on to do as well, was expecting to be a a bit part or to be cover to having to step in to start. So there was an opportunity there to stake your claim, but same with Brennan. I'm and a shame because, you know, on Saturday, a lot of people were having the Aguiar-Darcy discussion, but I don't know if any of them made a very strong case for themselves tonight. No. Well, yeah, I mean, you've mentioned Harry um, in your discourse there. Um I think tonight was a really uh, worrying performance from him. Um, Just from his own personal point of view as a squad player coming in, particularly against his former club, you know, that was frankly horrid centre-half performance. Um, I can think of one occasion in the first half where he was sort of dragged out into the left-back position, really weak, in a sort of 50-50 tackle, which allowed uh, the Rovers player to cross and led to a shot blocked. Um, and then a raft of other positioning errors from long balls in the second half, one where the camera hadn't quite caught up with the ball, but Collins was on side and got in behind Harry's. It just, he almost looks unplayable from a first-team perspective on tonight's evidence. And it's a shame because up at Warsaw, um, the first League Cup game of the season, up until the game got really ragged in that last 20 minutes with Minton being sent off and certainly conceding a couple of goals, I thought he'd shown there was a bit of merit to him. Um, But yeah, it's another one where he almost looks unplayable. And with Brennan and Harry's being so hot-headed in Brennan's case and so poor in Harry's, it makes Matthew Baudry a highly valuable player in this squad between now and um, the 1st of January, when I imagine Brennan will probably be back to Sheffield Wednesday and Swindon will be looking to recruit possibly uh, another squad centre-half. In his place, well, not in his place, because Harrison Minton replaced uh, Ronan Darcy, who who made way on 33 minutes. Um, unfortunately, he had a, a very tough assignment playing next to Harry's for a start. And B, um, particularly in the second half when Loft came on, you know, an experienced lower league forward, real big unit. And um, yeah, Minton had a, a tough night, at, sort of capped off with um, losing the foot race against uh, McCormick down the left. Um, allowing McCormick to get in and, and score Rovers third. So, 
Yeah, I'd say Matthew Baldry's stock has risen tonight. Brennan Harry's and uh, Minton, a bit like the UK economy, on the downturn. <laughs> I get what you mean, and, and you know, in some ways, I feel like a little bit guilty because maybe it seems you know unkind to Harry's, but even back in the in the preseason in the friendlies, just get the the look from the body language and I keep thinking back to how he how he nipped back so quickly when the Rovers fans were having the dig and taking a piss when he signed that the experience of playing last season and then finding himself you know, on the fringes or you know in the bomb squad or wherever he was must have been quite quite bruising and I you got that from his body language in the friendlies that he'd do something good or play a pass through we can pick a pass lovely just seems like a liability at the back and then just that that look of sheer panic on his face when he gets found out is not ideal and while i'm playing the hits of course you know i've said this many times before if we had instead of our you know our good friends at you know banbury and gloucester city and the like if we had a national league friend and there was an outlet to send someone like kian harry's for a month or two to play somewhere that might be a utility and might actually build some confidence. I guess that's the flip side of it is that there's nowhere for Kean Harry's to, you know, to build himself up. And no. um, he can't do it in our first team because there'll be a liability. Yeah. And whilst you're going through your uh, smash hits, Joe, and I do remember you saying that in preseason, I, I expressed some concerns about Harry's when he signed actually, because I, I remember him from that Rovers Swindon game at the Mem back last October. Um, the issue of not having some sort of development friendly slash, you know, mock under 23s kind of setup where there's a, you know, a game on a Wednesday afternoon every couple of weeks where Calmeadow, Minton, Massey, Adeloye, you know, and others who are on the way back from injury and on the fringes can play keep fit and push their case that still remains quite a big hole in the Swindon Town club rebuild for me I'm not saying let's spend a million pounds on mopping up another six or seven players to fill that under 23 too I'm just saying let's try and organize some development friendlies because at the minute we've having been having to wait for the Papa John's trophy game each month to try and get you know I handle back up to full fitness to keep Brennan ticking over, to have a look at getting Adeloye back on the pitch tonight. Um, Roberts giving him his bow in professional football. So for me, I would like to see that addressed. I would like to see the little random Wednesday 2pm against Birmingham under 23s and uh, see a little match report on the website. I, I think that will help town between now and uh, sort of the new year when I, I don't think we've got heaps of Tuesday nighters after we've got that Bradford one out of the way, have we? No, it's not so there. So that's how they do it that's how they do it round here up in up in Wickham. I know you've got your and the club wants so they have one a money ball system of like a Bradford model not Bradford, Brentford model. And you know, where they've got their they scrap their twenty threes to have their B team. Mm-hmm. And played uh, elite academy teams here in Wickham. They too have a B team, went for a similar model, but rather than being in a formal league or having 
things that are super set up and organized it works much in the same way how you were saying of you know ringing around and seeing who's available for behind closed doors friendly when there's gaps yeah yeah. and filling it out with first teamers as well who might need extra minutes yeah it's a really key bridge between under 18s and the first team as well if we've got a few players in that under 18s that we rate and it sounds like we do Dwarzak Sunny Hart um you know you've seen 16 year old Josh Keyes on the bench tonight you know let's give these guys a platform to play a level higher than against their under 18 peers and actually learn some of the uh you know the the tougher more physical sides of the game to go with their their technical development yeah that that's been a real bugbear of mine for a, a few years now um i just give me that like early 2000s combination reserve league cuz that 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 is that's good that that's going to keep players fit it's going to help players coming back from injuries it's going to help young players develop um and it would even give someone like Ian Harris a chance to um, get a couple of performances under their belt, maybe rebuild a bit of confidence. Because when's he next playing, Joe? Uh, I presume he's going to join Welling in January. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Welling like all is all of our um, other old friends. Who they got now? It's Kazim Taylor Curran um, under gambling Sid charge. Nelson? Sid Nelson now. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Maybe that one's for another day. <laughs> Maybe it is, because of course now, you know, now we're, we're, we're filling up because of course here from about 35 minutes in up until, you know, the end of the end of the game, that was swindled down to nine men. And despite it being, you know, nine on 11 or nine on 12, as some of the feedback will, uh, will tell <laughs> us as well, um, took them a while to actually manage to, overturn and take advantage didn't it yeah I think Swindon were pretty game and um, you could look around the pitch there were people who have pressed their cases well um, despite some of the negative things I've said there I think Lavinier great to see him back in this squad after not being in the 18 on Saturday against Colchester Lavinier um, was probably my man of the match to give a bit of a spoiler for later I think he was so full of running never stopped trying really got up and down that right side well. And whilst it was 11 on 11, Lavinia and Arendelo, um were the, the sort of wide outlets getting really high from full-back. So similar to um, Hutton and Blake Tracy. I think in those four, we've got four very capable full-backs there. Of course, Reese Devine wasn't in the 18 today. I think we can assume from that there must be another injury. Um, because you know he almost certainly would have been on the bench, right? Instead of Harvey Fox or Josh Keys or Oscar Massey. So I hope that's not too bad for Reese Devine because he's had a pretty miserable time at Sunday so far. Bless him. Um, yes, yeah, so I need to follow up in on the press on that one because yeah. that was a concern. But no, fullback looks the strongest area of the squad for sure. Probably um up there with you know central midfield in terms of options. But um, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we come on to Agia and Darcy, um, who both started the game brightly, um, saw lots of the ball in centre midfield for Swindon. Because up until the red card, I think Swindon had shaded the match. And actually, um, you know, we had a, a read effort from the edge of the box in the very first minute, um, sort of sliced over. Um, 
Lavinia had put some good crosses in from the right one, palmed away by the keeper. Parsons had had a, a shot blocked out for a corner. And then the very best chance, about 26 minutes in, Agia feeding Roberts in that sort of right channel just took a bit of a heavy touch, which brought the keeper back into the equation. And his little dink over the keeper was uh, sort of palmed out for for a corner. So I, I think that it was a bright start to the match. It was looking like a, a reasonable evening, but that, that Brennan second yellow just um, sort of set the tone after that. Um, and the Agia red card, which frankly, again, on a night like this, is ridiculously overzealous interpretation from the referee to give that as a straight red. I, I've seen someone send me the still. And of course, anything as a still looks bad. He's, yes, he, he's left a foot in, but come on. There's no malice. There's no force. No one was appealing for him to be sent off. You know, book him and get on with it. That that was a bit of a game ruiner because I think Town with 10 would have kept the ball fairly well and, and maybe had a, a bit of a sneak. But um, I think the, the substitute for Rovers lost on at half-time that, you know, eventually told. And um, some very good goals from Rovers, actually. Um, some, the finish by Loft, uh, 62 minutes in. Um, Morgan Roberts, you know, tigerishly trying to foul or tackle Jasper in the middle of the park. Couldn't quite manage it. And, and Jasper put a nice free ball for Loft, who, you know, in a quite odd way, dinked it over the advancing... Brin, it was a super, super finish. And and goal two by um, Anderson, superb, superb goal. Wasted in this tournament um, from a tight angle, which seemed to catch Brin napping a little bit because I don't think anyone expected him to shoot from that angle for 2-0. Um, but yeah, I mean, Town were pretty game. They kept going. Lavinia and Iandolo, loads of energy. From fullbacks, tried to press high. Shade was a, a, a decent outlet all night, full of running. Roberts, much more involved than he was against. Um, uh, who do you make his debut against? Plymouth, wasn't it? Uh, in the, the last game in the group. So a sprinkling of positives. Parsons did very, very little. Reedy, as we've said, you know, was kind of going through the motions a little bit. Um, not saying he was poor. Um, but yeah, any standouts for you, Joe? Where, where were your positives coming from tonight? I think I'd agree with you. I'm positive, positive about everything I've seen about Lavinia. was very concerned not to see him make the squad and didn't seem to have any account for him on the presser. I looked on the Swindon socials, though, and I can reveal to any, any concerned pod listeners who've just been following the news through this medium, that uh, Lavinia was on STFC store duty on Saturday. Yes. So Got to sell those scarves. If he's, yeah, if he's, if he's around and about and happy to you know get the Sharpie out and smile, right, that's not ideal to make in the squad, but I think you've got to be able to yeah, be fairly uh, content yeah. to be able and, to um, do that. So if you're Rob Angus and you're thinking about putting Lavinier in the club shop. There's, there's just one mantra he's got to follow. And that's Marcel, sell, sell. <laughs> Thank you very much. 
I'm here all That's week. That's what we're here for. <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that was it. You've gone through the... We've gone through the goals. Basically, when it went down to my men, it wasn't very competitive. Those who were left, most of them gave a good, a good game. Even those who, you know, maybe, uh, maybe worried, still seemingly gave all they could. And uh, and that was that was all she wrote for the pizza trophy for another year. Yes, um, three games, one goal, three red cards. Um... And just this nagging feeling that we've wasted the cup games this year. Um, the Warsaw team selection still rankles, having travelled to Warsaw. Um, well, can we can we lean into that a bit? Because yeah. that was a discussion point that this team might have been stronger than the one that you. I think it was way to Warsaw. Yeah. Um, that night, you had Minton at the back, Carol Meadow at right wing back. Um, Admittedly, you did have Johnny Williams um, captaining in the centre midfield, but um, I had a lawyer who did start that night at Warsaw, and um, I think I gave him man of the match, actually. Such was the the poor fare that night. But in his half hour tonight, um, you know, it's unfair to judge him. It's his first game back. He's not fit. But I find him such a frustrating player to watch with his physique, and, you know, when he does open his legs up, I have seen him run fast and he has got a big frame. But he's just, I don't know what his redeeming feature is. He's not a target man. He's not a player that looks to use his pace to get him around the back. And this isn't just on tonight, by the way. This is over this season. It seems like, um, oh, is it mean to say worst bit of recruitment in the summer up there with Brennan? And he's well, on a two-year deal. I just, I don't see the appeal. And with Hepburn Murphy out um, and Williams off to the World Cup, we need to try and squeeze something out of Adeloye. But I don't know where he's going to get fit unless we do organise some development friendlies and try and eke something out of him. But I mean, I, I can't see him having a big future here. I, I don't think he's very good. Sorry, Tommy. You don't, you don't trust Tommy, is what you're telling me there. <laughs> I can only see, you know, these sort of bizarre fantasy scenarios where you know we're bossing a game and he gets to be brought on late and manages to squeak one for himself and then just soars in confidence from there. But otherwise, where else is he going to get the, you know, the guile and the wherewithal to, to do it? Well, I think you need to um, go and have a word with Maidenhead United, set up that relationship. So that we can have a 50th, 50th club to send some players to, Chair. I think that is an excellent idea. And uh, it's only a short drive away. Get there very quickly this time <laughs> of night. But before then, um, I'll go through a bit of the feedback. And maybe I'll do this the old school way. And rather than cut it, maybe we'll, we'll just enjoy it together. Please do. And then I can react, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So there's a few here. And they've, they've, they've tickled me a bit. Okay. First of all, Rob Dinsey says, until the second red... It was a bit more of a competitive football match than most JPT games. That's what we were saying, wasn't it? Yeah. A relief to get that ref in a match that doesn't matter. Lavinia, man of the match, but honourable mention for Minton, who looked much better than either starting centre-back. Low bar. Bendicle says, if the game mattered, I'd be annoyed. Ref, a big fan of the blue half of Bristol. 
Why don't we ever get refs like these? Man of the match, the nine for plugging away against 12. <laughs> there well, you go. Just Rhea. to be clear, we do sometimes get referees like that. Not enough, though. <laughs> well. <laughs> Terry King, the real Terry King, as his, uh, as his moniker says on Twitter, didn't think we played too badly until the two red cards. Some interesting decisions from the ref. Glad we can forget about the Pizza Cup until next year now. Paul Merriman has gone for a two-tweet uh, line here. He's yes. Firstly, congratulations to the referee for sending <laughs> Rovers through. A fine performance by the man in black. Couldn't have spoilt the game better myself. Prior to that, we were the better team. Some great positive attacking passing. Aguiar has earned the start, surely. Probably not after the red, but okay. Roberts looked a right handful and everyone was having a good game. I'm a little concerned we didn't see Bran, but up until the first sending off and even after, Rovers weren't in the game. I'm choosing to forget the game after the second sending off, but I hope <laughs> the players do as well. A good point, just coming back to revisit the Bran thing and thinking that if it didn't happen tonight, will it ever happen? If we don't trust him to play in a dead rubber, the other question is, why is he on the bench as our number two every week? Poor. Um... Well, let's face it, I've got a few spare things around the house that I think I'm going to use one day, but never will. Um, <laughs> why have I got them? Why haven't I checked them out? Um, I don't know. I, we can't pass comments because we've not seen him. And once again, if you had some sort of development team or you could sneak him in goal for the under-18s, at least he would be playing some football. Um, otherwise, it's training, training, training. So, yeah, it's going to hamper a young player's development if they're not playing. Connor Brown is like that that uh, clicky lighter thing that you have in case the gas goes out in your drawer. That <laughs> I actually use that though. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, right, who else have we got? Uh, Matt S says we were the better footballing side. Lavinia looked decent. Minturn is closer to the first team than Harry's and Brennan. Beyond that, I'm struggling. Is the game lost meaning of any kind of contest? We went down to nine, which is a shame because that was actually quite early on. Jason Scribble Milk, he says. <laughs> Lavinia looks too good to be sitting on the bench. Parsons, I think, has run his course at town. He's been given plenty of chances, but rarely shows signs of being a threat. It's good to see Iandlo out wide again, but how do we fit him in to the team? Now, the side note, I've, I've gone to this one of, <laughs> to revisit our things about loans and development and things like that. If someone like Jason Scribble Milk is right and Parsons is someone who definitely divides opinion when you talk to people uh, around the grounds and things like that. I think that we probably could imagine that from his loan last year at Chippenham that he showed that that level, he would absolutely boss it. So the other advantage I'd say is that if it isn't going to work out for him here, he surely has a better chance of making it as a professional at the National League level. Yeah. Um, I've got a bit of a Theory on Parsons. I've, I've seen most of his appearances for Sunden, um, and even a few when he was the sort of leading light in the in the under 18s uh, I don't think he's an out and out centre forward, but in games like this, where it is, you know, the sort of the reserve team, as it were, he he tends to get shunted as the the central striker up against, you know, two burly centre halves tonight. And he's 
you're never going to get much change out of Parsons when you're asking him to play that central striker role. I think if he'd have had the same opportunities off of a capable strike partner, um, you might have seen better from him. I think he's better coming deeper uh, for the ball into feet. Um, and that is how Garner used him a little bit early season last year. There was a home game against Tranmere on the Tuesday night, which I think was a, a nil-niller last August, where Parsons played in the sort of number 10 role, sort of head of midfield with a couple of midfielders behind him. And that was probably his, his best swindling performance I've seen. So I don't think he's an out-and-out centre-forward. When he goes down to conference self-level on loan, he can get away with it because it's two tiers lower. I think, um, again, it's hard to see where he's going to get a lot more opportunities for Swindon past this, barring uh, an injury crisis. So, yeah, time time is slightly ticking on Parsons. But, yeah, that, that next loan needs to tear it up and develop. What do you yes, where, where's his best position on what on what you've seen, Joe? I was at that Tramia game and I was thinking back then and I was nodding along to what you're saying and yeah, I think that possibly was it. But I guess the side note was just to revisit the you know, the the tired old tape about, about loans and things is that like I say, if it isn't gonna happen here, then at least we're giving our young pros and our development squad um yeah, a showcase Absolutely. to put themselves in a shop window. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's get back into the old uh, feedback. Um, Wardies, not uh, Lewis Ward, he says, that's out of the way for another year. On a serious bit, worried about centre-backs, as neither Harry's nor Brennan have looked anywhere near it. Correct. Proud to be a moonraker. He says, definitely a try for Papua New Guinea. The video ref had a mare. <laughs> oh, you wanted to know about town. No idea, as I don't care about the boycott trophy. Well, we don't. This is why we do the thing on the pod here. Is you don't have to care that we'll we'll basically half tell you what happened. Anyway, yes. Uh, Simon Goodall, Mister Goods. Uh, this one tickled me. I liked it. He just says, "I switched the TV on and saw it was three nil. Then I turned it off." He must have tuned in pretty late because it was about eighty-five minutes at that point. He probably missed most of the game anyway. Maybe he thought it was the uh, seven forty-five. Maybe he did. <laughs> Uh, STFC 1969, he says he couldn't see anything in the ground as the digital boards were brighter than the sun. Yeah. <laughs> they were really bright. Yeah, that was um, Chelsea League Cup, Jeb McCrory bright. <laughs> Searing neon. And lastly, Paul Manning, Burning Man, he says Lavinia is our best player on the night. Pointless game, except for the fringe. Brennan is a muppet. Game ended as a contest at halftime after the ref, who must be a member of the Joey Barton Cigar Club, decided to earn his post-match Cohiba. That is all, and a nice, a nice gif of Tony Soprano taking a puff of a big Cuban there. <laughs> so I think that means that listeners' man of the match is Marcel Lavinia. Yeah, I've yeah. already shown your hand, but yeah, I think it's well observed. I think what you're looking for out of these games is the fringe players to. Give it everything, you know, and Lavinia certainly did. Some good play, uh, 11 versus 11, some good attacking play too. Um, and, you know, a bit of frustration, a bit of um, anger coming through. He got in a bit of a tangle and got booked second half. I, I like seeing a bit of fire in the belly. So, yeah, he's um, on tonight's evidence chomping at the bit to 
get his place back. Um, Honourable mention for Iandolo. Probably Shade in that sort of bronze medal position. I think he was a very willing runner, quite calm on the ball, took a touch, tried to progress the ball forward. So, yeah, the, the only shame with Shade, I suppose, is that we had to play him 90 minutes in a game where he had to do a lot of sort of empty running, uh, chasing the ball around tonight. So, looking ahead to the Hartlepool game on Saturday. Um, yeah, he's probably he's probably the one where we've probably taken a bit bit much out of the tank, more than you'd want. But he's a fit lad. He certainly is. And I'm not going to make this run too long because, well, why would we? Well, tradition. I'm going to have a fun, I'm going to have a fun prediction for you Ooh. for the end. Let's say, okay, that's the end of the PJT for another year. So a little fun thing of the starting 11 and subs. We just pick a number for us to think to this time next year of how many who have made that list will feature in the first uh, EFL Cup game next year, or the EFL Trophy game, I should say. As in what? whatever the Papa John's is next year? Whatever it is. Ooh. The Papa John's, the Checker Trade, the Yellow Phone Book, the Ribena, okay. whatever they're Let's called. do a quick straw poll. So Bryn will be back at Middlesbrough, England number one. Um Lavinier will be a Sudden Town first team player. Iandolo, the same. Brennan will Absolutely. be Brennan will be bombed back to Chef Wednesday in January. Harry's will have been released. Louis Reed. God knows what's happening there. Can we have that resolved, please? Because I want happy Louis <laughs> Reed playing in the first team. Um possibly Aguiar, maybe if he's starting a Papa John's trophy game next year, his year of development probably hasn't gone quite as he'd want. So let's hope he's not in that team. Um, Darcy, no. Roberts, possibly. Shade, no. Parsons, released. Adeloye might still be here, picking up his wages. I don't know. Um, And then off the subs, uh, possibly Fox and Keys. See See if they get contracts. Um, but work to do probably for for Minton and Calmeadow. Um, but not beyond hope. So they've both shown flashes. Hope. And and whilst I was critical of all the centre-halves we saw tonight in various ways, Minton was the best of the three, which s- several readers um, pointed out. But, you know, next to Brennan and Harry's, I think Rich Pullen at centre-half would have given it a good go. <laughs> but hey, they'll probably all get a they'll all get a chance. The way that things have gone this season, they're all going to get a chance in a couple of weeks, right? Stockport away. No, if we if we throw that game, <laughs> I'm raging. We've we've dicked around in enough cup games this year. That is a first team fixture, no question. If we muck about with that one, get me on the pod for a big angry rant. You don't muck about with the FA Cup. It's the FA Cup, man. You shouldn't have muck about with the EFL Cup either, because that's where our you know our greatest <laughs> greatest Wembley triumph was. But we did it, so <laughs> no, we won't do that. Oof, we won't. Be. It'll be a full full strength squad, and we look forward to Hartlepool. Uh, Rich and Joe will cover that on the presser. I think that will do for us for now. So until we get to later in the week, Dan, thank you very much, and good night. Pleasure, JR. Thank you. Try the box to
good run by him, and now match goal! The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 